0: Welcome to Professor Lan A.I.'s podcast series, Understanding Humanity and A.I.'s Perspective. In this series, we asked our learning and narrating A.I. what a professor would teach a group of students if they wanted to understand the totality of the human experience in one hundred lectures. Our A.I. then proceeded to define the lecture topics, research them, compose its findings into podcasts, and narrate them in its own voice. This episode is titled, World War II. Total War and the Holocaust. We hope you enjoy. Part 1 Introduction Understanding World War II and the Holocaust. World War II and the Holocaust, two interconnected historical events, mark some of the most significant periods in human history. The very mention of these events calls to mind horrifying images of death, destruction, and inhumane actions on an unprecedented scale. To understand these monumental events in our history, it becomes critical to delve deep into their origins, causes, and the circumstances that fostered them. The Second World War, fought from 1939 to 1945, was a global military conflict that involved more than 30 countries and resulted in the deaths of over 70 million people. A war of such staggering proportions didn't appear out of nowhere. It was fed by a combination of political and historic events, economic downturns, and the emergence of debilitating ideologies. World War II, then, was not only a military conflict, but a total war that disrupted numerous facets across societies, economies, and technology. Simultaneously, another horrific event soaked in deep prejudice was brewing, one that would unleash a reign of terror and horror that had, until then, been unimaginable—the Holocaust— The genocide perpetrated by Adolf Hitler's Nizi regime resulted in the systematic extermination of six million Jews. It was the embodiment of anti-Semitic ideologies, a chilling reminder of the depths of depravity human beings can stoop to. The focus of this lecture series will be to peel back the layers of these significant historical events, to understand their context, examine their progression, and inspect their aftermath. It is not simply a recounting of the battles fought or the numbers lost, but an exploration into how and why these events occurred. It is an attempt to comprehend the human behaviour that facilitated such genocide and devastation, to grasp the signs that foreshadowed them, and to justify the methods used to end them. The knowledge of these events, while painful, is instructive. It not only provides context for our present but serves as a grave reminder of the atrocities we should strive never to repeat. This series aims to dissect the intricacies of World War II and the Holocaust, and through this foster a deeper understanding of these critical segments of our shared history. In the succeeding lectures we will delve into the specific aspects that contributed to the outbreak of World War II, the role of the Treaty of Versailles the role of the Treaty of Versailles, the rise of fascism in Germany, and Italy and the immediate triggers leading up to the war. We will examine the concept and implications of total war, the political alliances, and the key battles that crucially influenced the war's outcome. Parallelly, we will explore the Holocaust, its ideological roots, the anti-Semitic laws that paved its way, and the terrifying reality of the concentration camps. We will recount the brave instances of resistance, delve into the horrors of the Pacific theater and atomic bombings, and discuss the aftermath and cost of the war. These accounts create a foundation for understanding how World War II and the Holocaust have shaped today's world, our responses to large-scale atrocities, and the ways in which these events are remembered and represented. Ultimately, our objective is to facilitate a dialogue about the lessons we can glean from these historical events, and how we can apply them to ensure a future free from hatred, prejudice and conflict. We delve into history not to dwell in the past, but to illuminate our path toward the future. It is a journey of understanding, and it is one that we embark on together. Part Two The Outbreak of World War II Why did the second of the world's bloodiest conflicts occur? What specific events and circumstances led to a conflict which would eventually span the globe in scale? To understand this we must delve into the deeper elements of historical progression—a complex series of failures and escalations that ultimately led to World War II. At the heart lies the Treaty of Versailles—a formal agreement that marked the end of World War I, but did little to sow the wounds of the conflict. Educated scholars theorized that the imposition of heavy punitive measures and the absence of a genuine approach towards reconciliation created fertile grounds for resentment, especially within Germany. The financial reparations and territorial losses delineated within the agreement were perceived as a humiliation, a usurpation of German dignity and power. Nationalistic fervor simmered beneath the surface, awaiting an opportune moment for resurgence, a moment that was not too far off. Whilst resentment brewed in Germany, the political landscape evolved in Italy. The disenfranchised, embittered by economic hardship and fear of communism, replaced a fractured parliamentary system with a single-party rule under Benito Mussolini. The rise of fascism, characterized by dictatorial power, forcible suppression of opposition, and strong regimentation of society, provided a veritable blueprint for Germany's descent into similar totalitarian darkness. That darkness began consuming Germany as Adolf Hitler, exploiting public unrest and promising national restoration, ascended to power. As the leader of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or the Nazi Party as it is more commonly known, Hitler began reneging on the terms of the Treaty of Versailles, drastically increasing Germany's military might and reclaiming lost territories, all the while instigating extreme Aryan supremacy ideologies. A momentous feature of Hitler's international transgressions occurred in 1936 when he remilitarized the Rhineland, a clear act of aggression that was met with little more than verbal reproaches from the international community. This, along with other acts of appeasement such as Britain and France conceding Czechoslovakia's Sudetenland to Germany during the Munich Agreement, was seen as a green light by the Hitler administration to further expand their territorial claims. On September 1, 1939, ignoring international commitments, Hitler mobilized his armies to invade Poland, betting again on the possibility of an inactive response from Britain and France, a bet he would lose. This invasion marked the official outbreak of World War II, showcasing to the world the horrors totalitarian regimes could inflict. Thus, it is critical to analyze the significance of the Treaty of Versailles, the rise of fascism, and the immediate cause of World War II. The invasion of Poland as defining moments of escalation that led to this devastating conflict. They served as harbinger to an era where humanity witnessed an unparalleled level of destruction, reshaping our world and forging it into the one we recognize today. Part three: Waging of Total War The term total war often perplexes those unfamiliar, suggesting complete annihilation or all-out apocalyptic warfare. However, it refers to a unique form of warfare that emerged in the twentieth century, where entire nations' economic, political and social structures are mobilized towards the war effort. The civilian populace, no longer bystanders, become active participants and frequent targets. Let's begin with the concept of a war economy. As nations mobilized for World War II, economies shifted to support war efforts, losing all vestiges of peacetime normality. Labour forces were repurposed to produce war materials, and it was not solely production lines and factories that were affected. Everyday life changed dramatically. Food and resources were rationed, citizens laboured in armament factories, and entire cities were redesigned for efficient production. Even entertainment was leveraged for propaganda to maintain high morale and support for the war effort. Not only did total war alter economies and societies, but it was also intrinsically linked to technological advancements. This war was unlike any other, with new technologies amplifying destruction's scale and transforming battlefield tactics. The application of science for destructive means was unprecedented. The production of advanced weaponry such as the 5-2 rocket, jet aircraft and radar systems added new dimensions to warfare. These innovations underscore the transformative and horrifying power of technology in warfare. A crucial aspect of this totalizing transformation was the role of aviation. Armies had always been limited by their need to fight on the ground. Yet air warfare, practiced as strategic bombing on civilians and civilian infrastructure, vastly extended the war's reach. Death was no longer exclusive to the battlefields. The Blitz on Britain and air raids on Japan and Germany universally exemplify this new form of warfare. Planes swept across skies, dropping destruction on civilians, deepening the horrors of war and providing an enduring image of this total war. The waging of total war in World War II underscores how every aspect of a society, its economy, politics, civilian population, and technological prowess, can become entangled in the machinery of war. Moreover, the expanded use of technology in warfare and the implications of a militarized society concern us today. As we continue to navigate through our globalized and technology-driven world, our understanding of total war serves as a potent reminder of the far-reaching consequences of global conflict. Part 4 Major Powers and Alliances As we delve into World War II's intricate web of major powers and alliances, it's crucial to comprehend the geopolitical environment of the era the first half of the twentieth century was dominated by the formation of formal alliances that created the major pillars to base this significant event the two most prominent alliances were the allied and axis powers the allied powers predominantly consisted of the united kingdom the soviet union china and the united states It's noteworthy that these nations didn't begin cooperating from the onset of the war. The alliance came together gradually in response to the intellectual acuteness of maintaining a united front against the threat of fascism. The war began with only the UK, France and their colonies in active opposition to the Axis countries. However, as the war progressed, new members like the Soviet Union joined in 1941 after a surprise attack by Germany, violating their non-aggression pact. The United States formally joined the Axis War in December 1941, catalyzed by Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor. China, though embroiled in a domestic war, had been enduring brutal invasion by Japan since 1937, effectively grouping it with the Allies. Turning our attention to the Axis powers, Nazi Germany, Fascist Italy, and Imperial Japan were the lead powers. These nations, driven by expansionist ideologies and totalitarian forms of government, cooperated in waging a war of aggression on a global scale. Germany, under the sway of Adolf Hitler, sought to avenge the humiliations of the Treaty of Versailles, forge a new empirical order in Europe, and follow its policy of anti-Semitic genocide. Rightfully, it remains paramount to remember that the Holocaust and World War II, though intertwined, were distinct facets. Meanwhile, Benito Mussolini aimed to re-establish a Roman-like empire in the Mediterranean. Japan, motivated by notions of racial superiority and a desire for territorial control, initiated a brutal campaign across East and Southeast Asia. The role of these alliances in the battle theatre was of immense significance. Through collaboration, sharing of resources, and military tactics, the Allies could harness greater collective strength the us's industrial capacity and human resources the uk's strategic ingenuity russia's steadfast defense and china's resistance against japan all contributed to the survival of the allies in the desperate days of the early 1940s and their eventual success on the other hand although the axis powers started the war strongly their cooperation was more opportunistic and plagued by deep-seated suspicions among themselves this lack of genuine collaboration would eventually leave nations isolated and unable to compete with the united strength of the Allies. History bears witness to the fact that alliances and divisions during World War II played an influential role in shaping the outcome of the war. Understanding these complexities help reveal the intricate dynamics that determined global war and peace. Equally, it prods us to recognize that choices made by nations and their leaders greatly impact not only their fate, but those of other countries and global politics as a whole. And so, the echoes of World War II continue to prevail in our contemporary geopolitical landscape. Testament to the enduring legacy of the major powers and alliances formed during this pivotal epoch in human history. Part five: Key Battles and Turning Points World War II was a series of intertwined conflicts that spanned the globe, involving almost all major nations. It was a dark era, marked by brutal battles, atrocities, and ultimately the mass extermination of the Jewish population through what would later become known as the Holocaust. We'll concentrate on five of World War II's most important battles and turning points in this section—the invasions of Poland and France, the Battle of Britain and the Blitz, and three pivotal turning points. Stalingrad, Midway, and D-Day. Parallel to the escalating anti-Semitic policies and actions, the war broke out in 1939 with a swift and crushing German victory as the Wehrmacht invaded Poland. By October, the country was partitioned between Germany and the Soviet Union, foreshadowing the brutal occupation policies both powers would employ. The following year, France was also invaded by Germany. Creatively bypassing the heavily fortified Maginot Line, German armored divisions cut through the Ardennes, leading to France's capitulation in six weeks and establishing Germany as a dominant force in Europe. Next came the Battle of Britain and the sustained bombing campaign known as the Blitz. With the fall of France, Britain was the last substantial obstacle to German domination of Europe. Beginning in July 1940 and lasting over a year, This aerial battle sought not just to gain air superiority for a possible invasion, but also to demoralize the British into seeking peace. While causing significant destruction, it did not bring Britain to its knees, marking the first significant failure of Hitler's war strategy. In the blood-soaked snow of Stalingrad and the azure waters of the Pacific around Midway, the course of the war turned decisively against the Axis. The Battle of Stalingrad, the brutal urban brawl that lasted from August 1942 until February 1943, ended with a decisive Soviet victory, and marked the beginning of a relentless advance that would not stop until the Red Army hoisted the Soviet flag over the Reichstag. Midway fought in June 1942 saw the destruction of four Japanese carriers, effectively halting Japanese offensives in the Pacific, shifting the momentum towards the Allies. Last but not least comes D-Day, June 6, 1944, arguably the most significant turning point of World War II in Europe. With a gargantuan armada and armies from numerous nations, this seaborne invasion marked the start of a sustained Western Allied effort to liberate Western Europe from Nazi control, effectively opening a new front and stretching German military resources even thinner. These pivotal battles and turning points are keystones in understanding the narrative arc of World War II. They not only drastically impacted the outcome of the war, but also unraveled the complex web of negotiated alliances, the evolving strategies of total war, and the horrifying depths that humanity can descend to, a chilling message that finds its most poignant expression in the Holocaust. Part six: The Eastern Front and the Brutalities of War. As we delve deeper into the narrative of World War II, we reach the frozen tracts and conflagrations of the Eastern Front, a harrowing theater that laid bare the monstrous brutalities of war. This horrific conflict arose with the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, a military campaign known as Operation Barbarossa, initiated in June 1941. Hitler, ignoring the non-aggression pact signed between the two powers, unleashed over three million German troops. His was a double objective—the conquest of territory rich in resources for the German Reich and the political ends of dismantling Stalin's Communist Empire. The Eastern Front, stretching across the wide array of landscapes from the Baltic to the Black Sea, witnessed unparalleled atrocities, ones which underscored the pitiless dogma of Nazi ideology. It was a war of annihilation, a grudnoy, where the rules of engagement were effectively abandoned. Countless war crimes were committed by both sides, encompassing massacres, widespread rape, and brutal executions. It was racially tinged warfare that viewed the Slavic peoples of the East as racially inferior and unworthy of humane treatment. This aspect of racial ideology merged seamlessly with Hitler's conceptualization of Lebensraum or living space for the Aryan race, for the Aryan race. The inhumanity rife on the Eastern Front also held the civilian population in its ice-cold grip. This war was not only fought between armies on battlefields, but in towns and villages, in homes and on the farm fields. Civilians, men, women and children alike were caught in the crossfire, targeted in bombing campaigns or their profound suffering a consequence of scorched earth policies implemented by both the Nazis and the Soviets. A deliberate starvation weapon used to cripple the enemy's logistical abilities, yet leaving millions of innocent lives shattered. The German offensive, eerily reminiscent of medieval sieges, saw many cities encircled, cut off from supplies and support. The Siege of Leningrad, which stood from September 1941 to January 1944, epitomized this brutality. Hungry citizens were reduced to eating pets, and in some worst cases instances of cannibalism were reported. Such unbearable hardships, the combination of cold, hunger, and fear, gave rise to new levels of human resilience amidst staggering loss. The 900 days, as the blockade is often referred to, claimed more than a million lives. In essence, the Eastern Front was a poignant testament to how brutal and inhumane the Second World War was. Ordinary men and women were thrust into extraordinary circumstances, forced to face horrors that continue to echo through the annals of human history. The impact of this brutal war on civilians etched deep psychological and emotional scars, revealing the abhorrent breakdown of the societal norms that typically guide the conduct of warfare. As we explore further in our journey through World War II, these stories of the Eastern Front remind us of war's profound ability to twist the fragments of humanity into unrecognizable forms of brutality, while simultaneously illuminating our remarkable capacity to adapt, survive, and retain our human dignity amidst the abyss of conflict. Part 7. The Holocaust. Emergence and Implementation. The Holocaust, one of the darkest and most convoluted events in world history, undeniably had indelible impacts, both human and political. Its roots lie deep within Adolf Hitler's hate-driven ideology, which later became universally infamous. This indoctrinated view held the belief of Aryan supremacy and a deranged antipathy towards the Jewish community. Hitler, who till the end remained unapologetically anti-Semitic, formally initiated this genocidal campaign after assuming power in 1933. An array of anti-Jewish laws imposed by the Third Reich established this ethnic hatred in legal ground, thereby casting a perilous shadow over Europe. The Nuremberg Laws passed in 1935 specifically were a legislative embodiment of this hatred. These laws decreed the expulsion of Jews from public life stripping them of their civil rights and jobs. This process of discrimination and segregation was a harbinger of the horrific events that were to follow. The situation progressively worsened with more stringent policies introduced by the Nazis leading to nationwide boycotting of Jewish businesses. Kristallnacht, the infamous night of broken glass, and eventually a wide-scale forced incarceration of Jewish people. These people were ripped away from their homes, their families shattered, and were transported to the ghettos and concentration camps. Such mass deportations were systematically planned and carried out under the watchful eyes of Heinrich Himmler and Reinhard Heydrich, two of Hitler's most loyal and effective operators. The concentration camps, located primarily in Nazi-occupied Poland and Germany, were macabre theatres of death and torture these camps were essentially extermination centres where jews were killed en masse the most notorious among them were auschwitz sobibor and treblinka where millions perished in gas chambers or by forced labour in tandem with these concentration camps the deliberate and systematic genocide of six million jews infamously known as the final solution was executed This horrific plan was approved at the Wannsee Conference in 1942, where top-ranking Nazi officials gathered to discuss the Jewish question. In essence, it was the blueprint for the extermination of an entire people. The horrors of Auschwitz, Birkenau, Dachau, and Sachsenhausen are burned into our collective memory—a chilling reminder of humanity's capacity for evil despite the surrounding terror and despair noteworthy acts of resistance did emerge some from within the jewish community itself through uprisings in places like the warsaw ghetto and Sobibor. yet the scale and unfathomable cruelty of these operations made resistance mostly futile but not insignificant Shedding light on this darkest chapter of human history is indispensable not merely for understanding the transgressions of the past, but it also forms a solemn reminder of the catastrophic consequences of racial hatred and unchecked authority. Hitler's ideological roots of the Holocaust, the Nuremberg Laws, mass deportations, and concentration camps, they all played a vital part in this disturbing play of death, torment, and human resilience. Part 8 The Horrors of Concentration Camps The horrors of the concentration camps during the Holocaust represent one of the most chilling chapters of World War II, if not the entire course of human history. Throughout Nazi-occupied Europe, Jews, along with Roma, political dissidents, homosexuals, and others deemed undesirable by the Nazi regime, were forcibly corralled like cattle into these camps what they faced there was not life but a sickening parody of existence marked by relentless labor brutal punishments and an ever-present spectre of death upon arrival at these camps families were ruthlessly torn apart adults and children were segregated with the old and sick immediately sent to gas chambers their fate sealed under the guise of a mere shower the rest were stripped of their identities Forced into striped uniforms and assigned a number, eradicating their personhood in a deliberate attempt to demean and dehumanize. Life in the concentration camps was an endless nightmare. Days began before dawn with grueling roll calls, irrespective of weather, during which the weak or ill could be randomly selected for extermination. Following this, prisoners were subjected to backbreaking labor, working for hours on end in factories, quarries, and fields. The Nazis' cruel efficiency was such that even the labour of the doomed was exploited for the war. The prisoners were fed watery soup and a few pieces of bread daily, a diet far insubstantial for the horrifying workload. The hunger was so acute it led to a moral breakdown, with theft, deceit and betrayal becoming commonplace as desperation crawled in the hearts of the starving. Sanitary conditions were abysmal. Disease was rife and medical care was next to non-existent, turning minor infections to death sentences. At the heart of administering this industrialized machinery of death were the Schutzstaffel, or S. Their role in the concentration camps was to implement the final solution, the Nazi plan for the genocide of Jews. S. officers and guards were responsible for every facet of the camps, from administration to execution. Aided by capos, prisoners offered minor privileges in return for supervising fellow detainees. Eyewitness accounts of the concentration camps and their aftermaths are gruesome and harrowing, detailing, unutterable brutality. However, they serve as poignant reminders of what humanity is capable of if hatred, bigotry, and fear are allowed to germinate in minds. The Holocaust survivor Primo Levi's moving accounts tell us about the degradation of souls in this unfathomable hell, while Anne Frank's diary gives a haunting insight into the hope and dreams of a young girl cut short by the Holocaust's menacing claw. In Elie Wiesel's Night, the author graphically illustrates his chilling experiences, leading us through the grim reality of loss and survival. By studying life in these camps, we strive to penetrate one of history's most profound tragedies. Such exploration stirs discomfort, for it unveils the abyss of human cruelty, illuminating the intersection at which systematic oppression and individual suffering collides. However, it is an essential journey, a sobering reminder of our capacity for inhumanity, and the urgent need for vigilance against hate in all its forms. Such exploration underlines the horrifying reality of the Holocaust, adding depth and context to the six million lives lost, ensuring their story is neither muted nor forgotten. Part Nine: Resistance Movements and Uprisings In the onslaught of World War II and the Holocaust, we find acts of courage and defiance significant enough to earn their place in history. The resistance movements, both within Germany and across occupied Europe, presented an enduring and inspiring opposition to Nazi terror. Within Germany several pockets of resistance emerged. One prominent group was the White Rose Movement, consisting mainly of students and a professor from the University of Munich. Fascinated by the power of the written word, they disseminated leaflets criticizing the Nazis' totalitarian regime and disregard for human life. Courageously distributing these leaflets across Germany, even as the Gestapo narrowed in on them. The members of the White Rose painted a potent picture of intellectual defiance. However, their resistance came with a fatal price. Sophie Scholl, Hans Scholl, and many other members of the White Rose met their tragic end under the guillotine. The White Rose's bravery was not isolated. In July 1944, Operation Valkyrie was launched by a group of high-ranking German officers disillusioned with Hitler's leadership. They plotted to assassinate him intending to seize control of the government and make peace with the Allies. However, the attempt failed, leading to the execution of the key conspirators. Nevertheless, it marked a significant point of internal German resistance. Resistance also emerged on a larger scale throughout occupied Europe in the form of partisan warfare. Civilians, soldiers, and military officers alike banded together, operating behind enemy lines to sabotage German efforts. These partisans disrupted communication lines, assassinated key officials, and rallied local populations against the Nazis. Despite being untrained and ill-equipped, their resilience was impressive, often tying down German forces that could have otherwise been deployed to the front lines. Arguably the most poignant uprising during the Holocaust was the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Cornered in Warsaw's ghettos, around a thousand Jews launched a desperate revolt against the S, attempting to deport them to Treblinka extermination camp. Armed with a handful of smuggled weapons and a relentless will, they held off the S for nearly a month. Though doomed from the start, the Warsaw ghetto uprising subsequently came to symbolize the Jewish resistance against Nazi atrocities. As we delve deeper into the darkest chapters of human history, these stories, while a fraction of the overall narrative, exemplify resilience in the face of unspeakable horrors, they remind us not only of man's capacity for evil, but also of the persistent will to oppose it, in our contemplation we must remember the importance of resistance, even in the face of overwhelming adversity. It is a testament to the unyielding spirit of humanity and a prerequisite for the triumph of justice. The stories of the White Rose, Operation Valkyrie, the European partisan fighters and the Warsaw ghetto insurgents, among numerous others, underscore how ordinary individuals can rise to extraordinary heights when tested. In these pockets of resistance we find threads of hope woven into a tapestry of horror and despair, reminding us of the indomitable human spirit even in the harshest of circumstances. It also illuminates the necessity of dissent in resistance to totalitarian ideologies. Part 10. The Pacific Theater and Atomic Bombing. Any study of World War II hinges heavily not only on the European theaters, but also on the dramatic and gruesome events that unfolded in the Pacific. The latter particularly centered on Japan's role, a country that began the war in the Pacific with the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in December 1941. The naval base in Hawaii was bombed without a preceding declaration of war, decimating much of the U.S. Pacific Fleet and killing over twenty-four hundred servicemen. The attack propelled the U.S. into a confrontational stance, escalating the already strained relations into a full-scale war. It marked the initiation of the Pacific Theater—a sequence of naval and island fighting that concentrated in the vast Pacific Ocean and its bordering countries the pacific campaign witnessed some of the most savage battles of world war II. the battle of midway in june nineteen forty two often recognized as the turning point resulted in a crippling defeat for the japanese navy and shifted the tide in favor of the allies over time guadalcanal Iwo Jima, Okinawa, and other significant encounters made it clear. The Allied forces, with their strategy of island-hopping, gradually wore down the Japanese, encroaching on the Japanese mainland. In response to these prolonged campaigns and the projected immense casualties of a ground invasion of Japan, President Harry Truman faced a soul-wrenching decision in 1945. In an unprecedented military action, the United States resorted to nuclear warfare dropping atomic bombs in early August on the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These bombs had catastrophic effects, killing upwards of two hundred thousand people, most of whom were civilians, and causing irreparable environmental damage. The justification for this decision has been a point of contention since its inception. Proponents argued that it hastened the end of the war, Saved countless lives that would have been lost in a gruelling ground invasion, and served as a deterrent to the Soviet Union in the looming Cold War. Critics, however, objected to the indiscriminate mass destruction, viewing it as an unnecessary show of power, especially with Japan already near defeat. The atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki forced the Japanese emperor to step in, marking the only time in Japan's history that a reigning emperor directly intervened in governmental affairs. Emperor Hirohito formally surrendered on August 15, 1945, finally bringing World War II to a close. The Pacific Theater and the atomic bombings undeniably altered the course of history. It brought about the advent of nuclear warfare and redefined international relations, casting a long and daunting shadow over the post-war world. This series of events punctuated not only a dramatic end to World War II, but also instigated a new era in which humanity grapples with the power to annihilate itself. Part 11 – The Aftermath and Cost of War Moving on to Section 11 – The Aftermath and Cost of War This section highlights the devastating aftermath and cost of the World War II. The enormous material human and environmental loss it entailed, the catastrophic demolition of cities, and extensive displacement of people. Despite the euphoria of victory, the war left a profound scar on the world that extended beyond the battlefield. There was an immense material cost to the conflict. Not confined only to military equipment, war consumed resources that could have otherwise been used for productive purposes, ranging from food to daily provisions. By the time the war ended, countries like Great Britain were virtually bankrupt. Similarly, the human cost was astronomical. Reducing World War II to a number is impossible, but estimates suggest that between seventy to eighty-five million people perished, approximately three to fours of the world's population at the time. This figure includes not only military personnel, but also civilians who died as a result of war-related diseases, famine, or genocide like the six million Jews who were murdered during the Holocaust. The environmental toll was also considerable. Forests and farmlands were turned into battlefields, becoming scorched and barren. Cities were leveled due to bombing campaigns, altering landscapes permanently. Environmental consequences were especially disastrous in places like Hiroshima and Nagasaki, where the atomic bombings resulted in long-term ecological damage. The aftermath of the war saw the morbid destruction of cities and large-scale displacement of people. Hundreds of cities across Europe and Asia had been reduced to ruins, leaving millions homeless. Examples of severe destruction include Warsaw, which was destroyed by over 85, and Tokyo, where firebombing campaigns turned the city into rubble, causing a million residents to flee. On another hand, the horror of the Holocaust and the brutal Soviet occupation sparked vast displacements. Roughly 11 to 20 million people were displaced by the end of the war, leading to the largest refugee crisis in human history. The horror didn't cease with the war's end. Many faced protracted suffering in displaced persons' camps, enduring poor living conditions, disease and malnutrition. Moreover, the psychological trauma inflicted by the conflict was immeasurable. A generation was marked by experiences of loss, displacement and unimaginable horrors—widespread mental health issues, from post-traumatic stress disorder to depression, haunted survivors marking what came to be known as the Lost Generation. In closing this section, we must take a moment to reflect on the profound human suffering, loss and resilience that the aftermath and cost of the war encapsulate. These memories of devastation— wrought by human hands no less, serve as a stark reminder of the consequence of war and the absolute urgency of global peace. The significance lies not only in remembering this history accurately, but also in drawing its harsh lessons into our contemporary world to ensure such occurrences are not repeated. Part 12 Responses to the Holocaust Disbelief and Denial As the chilling reality of the Holocaust began to surface toward the end of World War II, initial responses both individual and collective, ranged from utter disbelief to sheer horror. Reflecting back, this is an integral part of our historical journey, a bitter pill we must swallow to understand the depths of human cruelty and brutality at such a large scale. When Auschwitz and other extermination camps were liberated by the Allied forces, the evidence of mass murder was overwhelming, yet so were the skepticism and disbelief. The world seemed reluctant to face this horrific reality, as if it was an unfathomable nightmare. The scale and systematic implementation of the genocide wrought by the Nazis was unprecedented in the annals of human history. Allied authorities, recognizing the need for justice, proceeded with a series of military tribunals known as the Nuremberg Trials to Prosecute Prominent Leaders of the Defeated Nazi Germany. The trials began in November 1945 and were a landmark moment in the emergence of global justice. High-ranking Nazis were held accountable for war crimes and crimes against humanity, bearing witness to the concept of individual responsibility for actions during war. The Nuremberg trials were later followed by the Eichmann trial in 1961 in Jerusalem. Adolf Eichmann, one of the primary architects of the Holocaust, was taken into custody by Israeli agents after living under an assumed name in Argentina. His widely publicized trial served not only as a reminder of the unspeakable horrors of the show, but also highlighted the importance of historical memory. Regrettably, despite the overwhelming evidence and numerous eyewitness accounts, Holocaust denial and distortion still persists. This insidious endeavor to distort the historical truth about the genocide of six million Jews seeks to perpetuate long-standing anti-Semitic stereotypes and undermines the very essence of factual historical observation. Such denial and distortion, often guised in the misrepresentation of freedom of speech, pose a threat to our understanding of this tragic period in human history hence to construe an accurate historical narrative it is imperative to debunk these harmful myths by acknowledging the extensive documentation the testimonies of survivors and the rigorous academic research conducted over the past decades we honour the truth of historical events such as the holocaust and as an informed society strive against the perpetuation of such atrocities in the future as we further explore the theme of world war ii and the holocaust Let's be reminded of the profound responsibility we bear today, not only to remember these events accurate, but also to ensure that lessons learned from these grave chapters of our history are never forgotten and never repeated. Part 13. The Holocaust. Memory and Remembrance. The cataclysm that was World War II encompassed not only a global conflict, but also a horrific genocide known as the Holocaust. In the midst of a total war that claimed millions of lives, this systematic mass murder targeted six million Jews, simply because of their ethnicity. The Holocaust is a stark reminder of the cruel depths humanity can descend into, and as such it is crucial we remember it. Why do we need to remember tragedies like the Holocaust? Firstly, remembrance is a form of honoring the victims, acknowledging their suffering, and reaffirming our commitment to the principles of justice, equality and dignity. Remembering the Holocaust also helps us confront the legacies of anti-Semitism and racism. Understanding the catastrophic end-point of such ideologies arms us against their resurgence. Finally, remembrance serves to educate future generations, empowering them to prevent such atrocities. Around the world, museums and memorials have been erected dedicated to preserving the memory of the Holocaust. For instance, the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C., and Yad Vashem in Jerusalem hold comprehensive collections of photographs, documents, testimonies, and artifacts from the era, presenting a vivid chronicle of the horrific events that unfolded. Schools now include Holocaust education in their curricula, a testament to our global commitment to remember and learn from this atrocity. However, museums and education alone cannot preserve the essence of the Holocaust memory. Survivors play an invaluable role in this effort. Their stories and testimonies transform historical records into intensely personal narratives, enhancing our understanding of their experiences, suffering and resilience. They force us to confront the human face of the Holocaust, underscoring the individual lives abruptly and irreversibly shattered. For example, Primo Levi, a survivor of Auschwitz, reflected on his ordeal in his haunting memoir, if this is a man. Elie Weisel, Auschwitz and Buchenwald survivor, became a vociferous advocate for human rights, urging the world to remember the Holocaust through his memoir, Night. The written accounts, recordings, documentaries and speeches of these and many other survivors underline time, and again the magnitude, brutality and insanity of the genocide. The testimonies left behind by Holocaust survivors are our warning speakers from history reminding humanity of the extreme dangers of uncontrolled hatred, intolerance, and racism. Their stories are a solemn call to remember and understand, to prevent recurrence, to foster empathy, tolerance, and peace. In an era where the voices of the survivors are gradually being lost to time, it becomes even more critical to safeguard their narratives, embedding them deeply into our collective conscious memory. As the world moves further away in time from the Holocaust, our responsibility to remember does not diminish, but grows stronger. Only in this way can we ensure we don't forget the lessons from this bleak chapter in human history. Part 14. Conclusion. Lessons from World War II and the Holocaust. World War II and the Holocaust, two interconnected events that have so drastically shaped the course of history, offer indelible lessons. The first prominent lesson to draw from the power-crazed ideologies that led to World War II and the Holocaust is the grave danger of unchecked power and ideology. The Nazi regime rose to power under Adolf Hitler, fueling a poisonous ideology rooted in anti-Semitism and an overarching lust for Aryan racial supremacy. This unchecked dominance led to the merciless extermination of six million Jews, demonstrating how destructive power, combined with fanatical ideology, can become. Thus, the importance of checks and balances in limiting the extent of power that can be wielded by individuals, governments, or institutions cannot be overstated. Racism and xenophobia, two integral components of the Nazi ideology, played critical roles in fanning the flames of the Holocaust. It is essential to stand against these elements as they are inherently dehumanizing and breed social divisions that can have catastrophic consequences. The victims of the Holocaust were not seen as individual humans but as members of a hated racial group standing up against racism and xenophobia therefore is not merely about advocating for social justice it is about upholding our shared humanity learning from the holocaust demands that we actively work towards societies that prioritize justice and respect for all people regardless of their racial or ethnic origin lastly the unbelievably high costs of world war ii from the millions of lives lost to the colossal physical destruction and the widespread psychological trauma underscore the importance of peace. The war left most of Europe in ruins, with the treacherous dance of death leaving no home untouched. As we gaze upon the remnants of the war and the Holocaust, we must reflect on ways to resolve conflicts peacefully and promote a culture of dialogue, negotiation and cooperation instead of succumbing to violence and aggression. In the face of modern-day challenges, the lessons from World War II and the Holocaust are as critical as ever. The narratives from this dark chapter in history should compel us to continuously strive for societies based on respect for individual rights, justice, and peace, thus ensuring that these painful lessons are never forgotten. In essence, World War II and the Holocaust provide us with a stark mirror to reflect on the capacity of humanity for destruction, cruelty, but also resilience, and hope. They serve as a poignant reminder of the costs of conflict and the need to always champion peace. We are not just passive observers of history. We are active participants, capable of shaping the present and the future for the better. The lessons from World War II and the Holocaust are not only relevant to the past, but are also guiding lights for the path we tread on today. Part 15. World War II and the Holocaust in Popular Culture. Delving into the realm of popular culture, World War II and the Holocaust have become enduring subjects, influencing movies, novels, and documentaries, this macabre fascination reflects an earnest attempt to understand, remember, and perhaps to process the human atrocity, the sheer scale of which dwarfed all prior precedents. Renowned films such as Schindler's List and The Pianist offer chilling narratives steeped in historical accuracy, forcing audiences to confront the chilling realities of the Holocaust. On the literary front, works like Anne Frank's Diary and Elie Wiesel's Night offer deeply personal perspectives of the Holocaust, allowing unparalleled insights into individual experiences. While narratives like these are indelibly etched in popular memory, It's worth underscoring that they represent only a fragment of the diverse experiences during this epoch. Moreover, the impact of World War II and the Holocaust on arts and literature has been profound. The war gave rise to a myriad of artistic expressions ranging from somber reflection and bitter satire to abstract impressions of the devastation. Writers, many of whom were war veterans, grappled with the grim realities in prolific literary outpourings which came to define the essence of mid-20th century literature. The Holocaust sparked intense philosophical debates, with prevalent themes of existentialism and postmodernism finding voice through literature and art. In recent times, however, the representations of World War II and the Holocaust in popular culture have been both thoughtfully invoked and grossly exploited in contemporary debates. The Holocaust particularly serves as a universal symbol of absolute evil. It is frequently invoked to amplify the gravity of current genocides or dehumanizing policies. While this serves as a powerful reminder of the horrors of unabated prejudice and hatred the misuse lies in exploiting these parallels for political gains. The disproportionate invocation of these narratives risks desensitizing audiences, and can lead to the dangerous territory of historical trivialization and relativism. We must recognize the instrumental role of popular culture in shaping our understanding of World War II and the Holocaust. Pitfalls acknowledged it serves as a valuable medium, enabling a wide-reaching dialogue and the opportunity to engage, educate, and provoke thought about these historical events. However, the sanctity of the memory of these events needs to be upheld, and it is of utmost importance to navigate the delicate balance between remembrance and exploitation. In this way, we can ensure that these historical narratives are preserved with the respect and gravity they demand. Part 16, World War II and the Holocaust, Historical Debates World War II, undoubtedly one of the seminal events of the 20th century, has been widely studied, analyzed, and debated, a rich well from which springs myriads of questions and controversies. What remains consistent amidst these debates is the war's unprecedented scale, the inhumanity of the Holocaust, and the incredible strife to achieve victory. A pivotal aspect in the discourse about World War II history is the decision to use atomic bombs. Was it an act of strategy, hastening the end of the war, or an unjustifiable instance of extreme violence? The United States atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in August 1945 have, for more than seven decades, sparked intense debate. President Truman justified it as a necessary measure to end the war and save additional American lives. However, critics argue the use of nuclear weaponry was not just inhumane, but also unnecessary, as Japan was already on the verge of surrender. Regardless, it ushered in a new era of nuclear weapons and their potential for mass destruction, the relevance of which still resonates heavily in today's geopolitical climate. Alongside the discussions of military and political actions, the Holocaust remains a topic of intense scrutiny. The nature of its representation and the responsibility of collective memory are subjects of continuous debates. The memory of the Holocaust is anchored in the testimonies of survivors, the evidentiary trail left by the Nazi bureaucracy and representation in education and popular culture. However, the appropriateness and accuracy of certain representations often create controversy, with some critics arguing that certain portrayals may inadvertently trivialize or sensationalize the Holocaust, This debate underscores the balancing act between historical accuracy, the necessity of remembrance, and the dangers of misappropriation. Determining the reasons for the outcome of World War II, why the Allies were victorious and why the Axis powers were defeated, is another recurring theme under historical scrutiny. Traditional viewpoints often emphasize military and economic superiority of the Allies, particularly the United States and the Soviet Union. However, other scholars cite the strategic errors of the Axis powers, such as Hitler's decision to invade the Soviet Union, and inherent weaknesses within their political structures. A contemporary trend within historical scholarship focuses on the importance of material resources combined with strategic leadership, civilian morale, and international alliances in determining the balance of victory. World War II and the Holocaust were cataclysmic events that marked the twentieth century and beyond. Historical debates around these subjects do not merely challenge older narratives, but also present us with an opportunity to view the past through different perspectives. It encourages us to question certainties, evaluate complexities, and deepen our understanding of an era that still profoundly affects our world today. Part 17. Reflection. War, Genocide, and Humanity. Delving into the darkest recesses of human experience, our attention now turns to a reflection on war, genocide, and the reality of humanity's capacity for both destruction and resilience. World War II and the Holocaust underscore a grim paradox within human nature. The finite line between civilization and savagery—the same entity capable of creating works of boundless art. Curing diseases and exploring cosmos can also plan, execute and legitimize the extermination of millions of fellow human beings. Yet within this very darkness sprouts resilience and an indomitable spirit. It's within the Warsaw Ghetto uprisings, the sacrifice of Sophie School, the endurance of prisoners in concentration camps, and the relentless resistance of occupied territories that we see a testament to the human spirit, a will determined to assert its dignity even in the face of systemic degradation and annihilation. Yet this resilience should not simply be admired. It should underscore the necessity to remember and learn from history. If history has proven anything. It is that it's equally capable of yielding sobering lessons as well as inspiring models for the future. The Holocaust, however, posits a lesson that moves beyond mere education. It exerts a moral imperative upon us, an impelling demand to remember. It is left to us, the generations succeeding these cataclysms, to heed this demand, to ensure that our collective memory is not short-circuited, that these narratives of suffering are not relegated to mere footnotes of history, but are consistently revisited, retold, and reflected upon. Embracing these memories is not just a matter of historical literacy, but also about active empathy, understanding, and peace-building. Empathy nudges us to see the world through another's perspective, to acknowledge pain that is not directly ours, but is nonetheless universally human. But it is not enough to empathize. One must understand. Understanding here involves a comprehension of the structures, the ideologies, and the conditions that facilitated the descent into the Holocaust, and recognition of their presence in contemporary forms. Through understanding, we are better equipped to build peace. Peace Peace-building isn't merely the absence of conflict, it is the active dismantling of violent structures, the reshaping of narratives that divide, the promotion of social, racial, and religious tolerance, and above all, the challenging of passivity, indifference, and negation, It is reconciling with the past, but also looking forward, committed to not repeat our historical mistakes. Our examination of the Holocaust and World War II thus leads us to this sobering reflection. We are capable of great destruction, but also immense resilience. History, if not learned from, invariably echoes within the present. Our capacity for empathy and understanding becomes our bulwark against the rise of intolerance and violence. As we venture forward, we carry with us the weight of this history and the responsibility to ensure that we foster peace and understanding, audaciously championing our shared humanity over our trivial differences. Part 18. Sources and Further Reading In developing a more profound understanding of World War II and the Holocaust, primary and secondary sources offer in-depth perspectives and enriching contexts. Primary sources, such as documents, photographs, and eyewitness accounts, provide first-hand insights, while secondary sources, such as scholarly articles and books, offer analysis, context, and perspective from historians. For those interested in primary sources, the Diary of Anne Frank is an initiation point. The Diary offers a deeply personal and moving account of life during the Holocaust from a young Jewish girl's perspective. Yet another critical resource is Nazi Germany and the Jews. 1933-1945 by Saul Friedlander, integrating individual experiences with official documents for a comprehensive account of the period. Secondary sources provide invaluable insights. The Third Reach at War, 1933-1945 by Richard J. Evans presents a detailed history of the Third Reich, examining how Germany went from being a normal state to one based on racial ideology. For an insider perspective on the Nazi regime, Inside the Third Reich by Albert Speer, Hitler's architect and later armaments minister, offers a unique look into the workings of the Nazi war machine. Movie recommendations that provide a cinematic exploration of the era include Schindler's List, dramatically depicting the horrors of the Holocaust, while showcasing the profound effects of individual actions and saving Private Ryan, graphically illustrating combat during World War II. Documentaries like The World at War offer an expansive review of the war based on interviews, footage, and historical analyses. The haunting documentary Night and Fog skillfully captures the chilling nature of Nazi concentration camps through moving imagery and commentary. There has been ongoing scholarly debate surrounding several aspects of World War II and the Holocaust. A notable topic is surrounding the idea of absolute power and its misuse, which led to the atrocities during the war. This can be further explored in Hannah Arendt's The Origins of Totalitarianism. Another notable debate is the controversial decision of the Allies to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki, closely examined in Hiroshima. Why America dropped the atomic bomb by Ronald Takaki? For engaging reads, The Second World War by Antony Beevor stands as an accessible, comprehensive narrative of the conflict—war without mercy. Race and Power in the Pacific War by John W. Dower offers a revealing account of racial dynamics in the Pacific theater. In essence, these sources and further reading offer historical insights into an era that has shaped the world we live in today. They serve not just as tools of education but as reminders of the human capacity for horror and hope, cruelty and compassion. By understanding these histories one might draw lessons from the grievances of the past and apply them towards the pursuit of peace, understanding and humane treatment of all in the present and future. Part 19. Closing Remarks Reflecting on World War II and the Holocaust Reflecting on the colossal events of World War II and the Holocaust it's essential to revisit the central themes and narratives that have emerged throughout our detailed examination from the outbreak of war driven by the rise of fascism and discontent with the treaty of versailles to the waging of total war that required the complete mobilization of society and economies we witnessed the awakening of a new era The formation of the Allied and Axis powers, the significant battles and turning points, and the horrible atrocities committed on the Eastern Front further cemented this unprecedented time in our global history. The Holocaust stands as a sobering testament to the terrifying depths of human cruelty when abhorrent ideology and unchecked power coalesced into mass annihilation. The testimonies and hard facts from concentration camps lay bare the horrors that millions endured, yet there were those that found the strength to resist, as glimpsed in the White Rose Movement and Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Amid all this, the Pacific Theater unfolded, climaxing in the unprecedented atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Considering all these events in unison, there's a profound realization of the colossal cost of war, whether material, human, or environmental the scale of destruction and consequent displacement of people left deep impacts psychological and otherwise leading to the sentiment of a lost generation the responses to the holocaust riddled with initial disbelief subsequent trials and even denial painted a worrying picture of our collective capacity to shirk harsh truths But as we move further into dissecting the role of World War II in shaping the contemporary world, the emergence of the U.S. and U.S. air as superpowers and the formation of the United Nations stood out as profound legacies. The significance of Holocaust remembrance and the role of survivors in preserving those memories is undeniable, a resolve further highlighted in the enduring impact on arts, literature, and popular culture. World War II and the Holocaust, have also fueled important historical debates and continue to inform our global conscience, especially in times of conflict. When taken in entirety, these reflections evoke feelings of immense sorrow and regret, as well as a strange, confounding awe at the breadth of human capacity for destruction and resilience. As an historian and as a fellow human, one am forced to meditate on these grim episodes from our past, not as a mere academic engagement, but as a reminder of the critical need for empathy, understanding and peace-building. In the shadow of these historic epochs, let us remember that our greatest enemies are not other people but fear, bigotry and ignorance. The lessons extracted from the trenches, concentration camps, destroyed cities and survivors' testimonies are a clarion call to action against intolerance and indifference. It's essential to remember, understand and confront history to avoid the repetition of past follies. It's through such constant vigilance and commitment that we can work towards a world-nurturing peace, tolerance, and understanding. This concludes our podcast titled, World War I, Total War in the Holocaust. We hope to see you again on our next installment of Professor Lan A. I Explores Humanity. Thank you.